Um, so how are we doing? Good. We're doing good? All right, so um, we are going to conclude the Galatians series today. So this is week 14 of our Galatians series. And, and it was funny because some of you, when we first started, they're like, I don't think you're going to be able to do 14 weeks. And I was saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit it in in 14 weeks. Um, so whatever, we're, we're, we're here now. But those of you who take these meticulous notes, which are cool, which are cool, I'm not, I'm not dogging you. I'm going to poke fun at you because you're gonna, you've already noticed this, I'm sure. But I'll poke fun at you a little bit because that's, that's how I like to do it too. Um, those of you who are taking these notes and you're writing down all the scriptures and the passages in which we're going over and everything, uh, you, you've already realized that, uh, hey, uh, preacher, you, you skipped two different... Uh, Two different little sections, and we never really looked at uh, the, the, these, these two sections, so uh, we really didn't go through the whole book, uh, and, and I wouldn't say that, like, I'm not going to point you out, because then I'll be like, yeah, because you didn't realize that you're being a legalist and doing that. Okay, then. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Whatever. Whatever. No, let's have fun. Um, there are two portions of Scripture we did not, uh, we did not go over and I did not explain, uh, but there's a reason for that. Because I, as I, I went through this, I, I picked out these, these portions, and when I say I picked out, I really believe that God just led me to this. I picked out these portions of Scripture, like these are good ending points for um, this series. And, and, and the two portions, there's one be one in chapter 6 of Galatians and one in chapter uh, 5 of Galatians. Uh, it, it probably on the same page in, in your Bible. If not, it's one, one flip of the page. Um, but uh, what, what, what I want to do today is, is give a little bit of an overview of the whole entire book, but then, then just kind of bring it all back together and, and, and give you, I don't want to say a nice, neat package, because there's nothing neat about any time uh, that people get together, but I want to give you some nice understanding of, of, of really what, what Paul was finally saying and what he, he said and he communicated and how that can apply to us and in our everyday lives uh, today. So if we're looking at the overview of the entire book of, of Galatians, I, I put it into a sentence for you, and I call it the overview of Galatians, and it's this. God's intention for real life is to be lived by faith through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And, so there's a comma right there, and, and here's another thing, if you don't want to, if you're like, well, well repeat this, I'll send, out you, I'll send out my notes this week, and you can get all this, uh, this stuff so you don't have to worry about, why well, I missed that word, whatever. It'll be all right. So God's intention for real life is to be lived by faith through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and not trying to attain it by religious means. So it's by, the, 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 it's by faith, because that's what uh, Paul is explaining here throughout this whole entire book, that, uh, the, 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 that we are saved by faith and we're not saved by works. Re remember what the, uh, the Judaizers, the religious people in um, the, these churches were trying to do? They were trying to say, Jesus plus what? <laughs> Bobby said, you know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's easy for the lady to say, yeah, circumcision. But the guy's like, uh, yeah, you, you know. But it was, they were saying it was Jesus plus circumcision if you really wanted to, to, to follow after him. So, no, that, that was religious means. Those were religious means. So God's intention for real life is to be lived by faith. Faith in who? Faith in the Son of God. 
It's not faith in um, the church. It's not faith in um, ourselves. It's not faith in, and you insert anything else in there. No, it's faith in the completed work of Jesus Christ. What Jesus, when he was on the cross and he says, it is finished, that's, the, that's what the, our faith is in, is the finished work of Jesus Christ, what he has done. And what we have to understand is when Paul starts out at the beginning of Galatians, he says, I, I, it's just, it, it boggles my mind, this is my translation by the way, it boggles my mind that you're going after another gospel. And Paul says, not that there is another gospel. But what's what people try to do is they try to add things to the gospel. And, 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 and remember, Jesus plus anything... If, Jesus, if you add anything to the, the, the gospel, to the work of Jesus, whether it's good works, whether it's a religious activity, wh- whether it's you know, your, your personal disciplines, anything that you add to Jesus as a means to salvation, you miss the picture, and you don't understand grace. Grace is that unmerited favor in which God has given us. And, and it, it is supremely manifested through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Did we deserve the, 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 the saving grace of Jesus, what he did? No, we don't deserve it. That's why it's grace. And that's his whole argument. That's Paul's whole argument here is you don't have to work for that. Now, when he says that, he doesn't say, well, because you're saved, you get to do nothing. No, we have responsibility in um, being a, a, a child of God. And, and that's what we're going we're gonna to look at today. Is, um, uh, you remember last week we, we talk, I gave you the, this, this definition of what real life is? Remember that? Real life is a freedom of walking in the newness of life in service to the King. When we talk about we want to be a church where uh, real people can find and experience real life, this real life is this. It, it, it's that, that um, freedom of walking in the newness of life. But it's not just walking in this newness of life, it's in serving the king. Now, when I threw that out there last week, and I, and, um, I, I think that, that uh, we have a tendency of like, okay, all right, now I got my marching orders, now I got I to gotta make sure I do this. Well, if I'm going to make sure I do this, I've got to, you know, I've got I to work hard. I gotta, well, here's what I want to talk about this week, is the ability to do this, to, to live, to, to walk in the freedom, is given to us by one source. <clears throat> there it is. There's my, my first crack of the voice. My, what, there's one, by one source, that source being the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, real life is the freedom of walking in the newness of life and service to the king. Big idea for today, and you guys know that it's that whole sermon in a sentence approach. The source of real life is the Holy Spirit. So that's the first half of this, this sentence. So the source of real life is the Holy Spirit. The steward of real life is the believer. So we're going to talk about today the source, we're going to talk about the steward, and then we're going to talk, what I, to keep my alliteration going, signposts. Alright? SSS, you guys got that? That's what preachers have to do so they can stay focused. Actually, that's what they teach us to do in seminary anyways, to use alliterations. Because, I don't know, obviously we all learn better when we use things that rhyme and match up and 
Does it work? Sometimes, huh? Okay, whatever. Uh, source. So if the source of real life is the Holy Spirit and the steward of uh, real life is a believer, we have to look at the, the, the source first. The source is the Holy Spirit. And I have here that it's Jesus' gift of the Holy Spirit. So understand, and I'm not going to go deep into the person and the work of the Holy Spirit uh, today. Uh, because Dan Dan the Praying Man is going to be doing that next week. Um, and he, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to give you guys like the, the, the 411 on his lame joke. So when he talks about baseball cleats, he's going to use the paraclete. Okay, whatever. I, it's still, you're still going to say it next week and they're going to be like, <laughs> oh, wait a second, I wasn't supposed to laugh because that's lame. I was warned, but I got sucked in. It's, it is funnier when Dan says, that's fine, I don't care. It, it, it's fine with me because it wasn't my lame joke. Um, <clears throat> I love it. I know. But each time I say it, I give reference, though, so it's not mine. I'm casting the blame. Now, if you laugh next week, I'm going to come back and say, the real source of that joke was mine. But then I'd be lying, and I can't do that either, so... But and no, you know what? You can't even cast blame on Dan either, because I know that Dan didn't come up with that joke. That that that's been a, that's been a joke for years. He's probably heard it from somebody who heard it from somebody who heard it from a friend through 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 Moses. Or maybe he's just that good. Hey, he could be. Props, prop. Moses, what? Moses or Marlin is where you heard that from. <laughs> my goodness. All right, let's get back. Let's get back here so we can get out of here before 12 o'clock. All right, source. Our source, Jesus' gift of the Holy Spirit is the source of real life. Now, multiple times throughout the book of Galatians, and I'm not going to give you every single um, uh, reference to the Spirit, um, but again, when I throw out my notes there later, you, you guys will be able to see this, but multiple times throughout the book, Paul clearly identifies where uh, a faith comes from. Where, where, we have, where the power and the strength to be able to believe and to be able to walk in faith is sourced. He, he, we, we see that Paul himself, as he, because there is a tendency that for, for preachers to, to, to stand up in front of someone or some people and in front of a, a congregation and to say, here's what you got to do. And then they fail to give you the how or the ability on which to do that in which they're telling you you need to do. So, but Paul didn't do that here. Paul said you need to live by faith. You need to not walk by the works and not try to uh, um, gain salvation through uh, specific works. He says you have to live by faith. And then he explains that living by faith is walking in the Spirit. Now, don't, some of you are saying, well, is walking in the Spirit, and is that synonymously uh, linked to or connected to uh, uh, um, you know, walking in the Spirit and, and faithfulness? No, as we're going to see, it, it is an outpouring. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It's an evidence. As we're going to see, it's a signpost of, 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 of uh, walking in the Spirit. But what we have to understand is the, is the ability to even walk by faith. And to walk in the Spirit is given to us 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we look at this and we say that the source in which we have to live a life that is pleasing to God and to, to, to live a life here, the real life of freedom of walking in the newness of life in service to the King is sourced by solely the Holy Spirit. Now we have responsibility in that and we'll talk about that in a second. But why can I stand here and confidently say that um, our, our life is sourced? And when I say our, I'm, I'm talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. Our, our, our life is sourced by the Holy Spirit? Well, because the Holy Spirit himself says so. He says so through the Apostle Paul. You, you guys have heard me talk about uh, Romans chapter 8 a lot, Right? It's particularly and specifically verse 11. Because I think in verse 11 we can see that, that it is clearly the Holy Spirit that, is giving, that has been given to us as a source, or I should say, as the source for life. Look at, at Romans chapter 8 with me, verse 11. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so just just right there in those few little words we can see the whole the whole trinity is present the the father son and the holy spirit next week uh, i'm sure dan's going to be throwing some holy ghosts in there um, which is fine woohoo yeah bring some some baptocostal roots out right so the father son and holy ghost father son and spirit are all wrapped up in this so if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you who's who's the you he's talking about here me, you, yeah, us, believers. So if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give what? Come on. Life. Also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So why, why am I stressing this? Because I think too often what people do is they're like, okay, I want to believe, I want to believe, I want to believe. Well, now what do I got to do? I just got to, I don't know how to act. And Well, here's the deal. The life in which, which you are intended to live, that God has intended to live, uh, for, for you to live and you to be the representation of, is a life where he's going to live through you. So remember in this series, it was probably one of my most fun uh, sermons and in, in, in seeing the looks on your faces when I said the phrase, we were in, in, uh, in chapter 2, verse, you know, around verse 20 there, uh, when I told you guys to quit trying to be like Jesus. You remember that? And you all looked at me like, well, get the stones out and you know, we, he better resign right now. I, I, and some of you are like, well, we never said that. Baloney, your face did. And you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? And then I said, oh, yeah, because this is what the Bible is telling us. Here's what Paul's saying. What we have a tendency to do is try to be like Jesus. Well, quit trying to be like Jesus. You're not Jesus. What, is, what are we told to do? We're told to die to ourselves and let Jesus be Jesus through us. So if we're trying so hard to be like Jesus, you, I don't know if I can say this in church, you suck at being Jesus. I'm just telling you. Because you try so hard to be Jesus, you're not him. Now, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Absolutely. Paul others also says, it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. He says, it's, it's me. I'm, I'm crucified. 
And, and because I'm crucified, the life that I'm living, it's the Spirit that's living through me. So what I've got to do is continually put to death what is earthly in me. I've got to continually put to death, to death the desires of my flesh. When, and I love this, when I put to death the desires of my flesh, I don't have to then, okay, oop, I got them at bay, then I got to go pick up the Jesus part and, 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 and do, no, 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 no. My, my responsibility is putting to death those desires. When I put to death those desires, he manifests himself. He, he comes to life more and more and more through me. So that this understanding that, that, that our, um, when, when Paul is talking here that he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will, give, will also give life to our mortal bodies, how he gives us life to our mortal bodies is because the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And then I'll have some of you say, well, I don't feel like God is inside of me. Well, I, I would agree. Sometimes I get up in the morning and I don't feel like I want to be a Christian either. I don't feel, so I, I am just so... I'm just so glad that my faith is not based on a, a bunch of feelings. Because feelings change, feelings fade. Some days you have good feelings, some days you have bad feelings. No, but the fact of the matter is, and that's what Paul's saying here, the fact is that if you go, turn, let's just do this, go, go to Romans chapter 8, because we'll, we'll, instead of listening to me, listen to what Paul says. He says, Verse 9, you, who, uh, you, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Do I need to unpack that? No, so so he, remember, so it's not, this isn't like Lee speaking here. This is, this is Paul speaking. This is the Spirit of God speaking through the pen of Paul here to us, to his people. And he's making a clear declaration that if the Spirit of God does not dwell inside of you, then you are not a child of God. Now, and, and, and some of you are like, well, how do I know? Do I have to speak in tongues? Do I have to have the gift of healing? Do I have to have the gift? No, 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 no. It doesn't say that if you have him and then he, you have these manifestations of the gifts, that it's a, it, they are the evidence, and I, and I love it because this is one of my, because we know, my, my Pentecostal brother sitting over here was raised a certain way, but even he'll tell you that a, a manifestation of a gift is not the evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Do we believe in gifts? Now, everybody, hold on a second. Do we believe in gifts at our church? Yes, we believe in gifts, properly and in order. We, we are not a, we're not a sensationist church. that They all have ceased, but we do believe that they continue, but they are, they are used for the edification of the body. And they are to be done in a specific order and for the glory of God. So that, that is, and that's not... That's not even a dogmatic approach, that's a biblical approach. So what we have to understand here is when we're looking at this, we have to say, all right, does the Spirit of God live inside of me? Well, we can know if the Spirit of God lives inside of us because it says that the Spirit is, is, is given freely to those who ask, right? So what do I mean? If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord... If you confess Jesus Christ as the Savior of your life. Now, when I say confess, it's not just, yes, I, I, I don't want to go to hell, so <laughs> give me Jesus. 
I love that song, Give Me Jesus. You know, that, that's one of those ones that I, I, I'd love to have at my funeral. Just give me Jesus, right? Or uh, David Crowder, All My Hope Is In Jesus. Love that one too. Ugh. But understand that when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and that's not just confessing with our mouth, that's, that's believing and that's trusting Him with our lives. That's a, a trust that if somebody were to come in here and hold a gun up to you and say, you know what, uh, confess uh, Jesus and die, or uh, uh, denounce Jesus and, and live. If you denounce Jesus and live, that you, you don't, you're not trusting Him with your life. Now, I, I, and please forgive me if, if that is crass for some people, because I know that it is a reality, even within inside of our country, that, that people have come into churches and, and shot up uh, congregants and, and everything. But what, what, I, what I believe at the core of my being that is, if I'm going to say, if I'm going to stand up here in front of y'all and say, this is what trust is, I've got to be able to stay, be, be willing to, st- to stand there and say, yeah, no matter what, I, I'm, I'm trusting him. My life, you may end my life here on earth, but I, I love how, how Shelley talked about Ma Bell, but you, when you end my life here on earth, I've got a better one waiting for me. I got, I, I've got something that, that we can't even imagine waiting for me. I know that I, the reason I'm here is because y'all need me, right? We have work while we're still here, but what awaits me, it's just, it, 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 it's a beautiful thing that awaits me, and I can't wait to, to, to be there. But understanding, understanding that this, this life is not just, and, and I don't want to minimize, because you can't, you can't minimize the glory of heaven. I don't want to minimize that, but that life is not just that eternal life there, and what's going to happen there. But it says here, life to our mortal bodies. So we can have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us and manifesting Himself inside of us now. And that's why I love when, when, we, when we came up with this definition for real life. That's why I love this, because this freedom of walking in the newness of life in service to the King, a lot of people say that, oh, I do a lot of good things. And I'm not going to discount. There's a lot of good nonprofit organizations that do a lot of good things. But are they serving the king? That's what a life of a child of God is to be marked by, is the service to the king. And the service to the king only comes by the source of the Holy Spirit. Because, you could, again, you could do a lot of good things, but if your motivation isn't to serve the king then you're just doing good things. You'll get a pat on the back now. But what we have to do is we have to, uh, we have to desire the, the greater gifts, the greater rewards, which is, in, is a service in which we uh, have the, the, the um, let's say, the honor of participating in and serving the king. And I'll tell you this, serving the king sometimes is, is, is crazy, yucky, messy, nasty, dirty. Because those who need those of us, let's, let's say that those of us who need the, the, the help the most are the ones that like we need to help each other, one another's. And I, I love how, how when Paul talks in in, uh, in Galatians, there he, he says, go back to, to Galatians six. So then, as you have opportunity, let us do good every, to everyone, especially those who are of the household of faith. The exercising of our spiritual gifts are to be manifested for the edification of the body of Christ, for the household of faith. 
Now, when I say we're talking about source, and I know we're getting deep here, but let's talk about stewardship here, or steward. Because the source of us being able to, to uh, uh, walk and live this, this real life is the Holy Spirit. But walking this real life, we need to steward this real life. So the source is the Spirit. The steward is the individual. It's a believer. And, and this is where we're going to get into one of those texts in, in chapter 6 here of Galatians that, that I skipped over. <clears throat> and the reason I skipped over... Um, skipped over it is because people try to use this passage as a justification for karma. <sighs> You're laughing because you've encountered that before. People try to say that, 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 well, see here, the Bible says, you know, that karma's real. Look at verses, uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 7 and 8. This is where I want to look at. And I know it goes the whole way, but let's look at 7 and 8. Do not be deceived... God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, let's get the whole karma garbage out of the way um, so, you, so we can focus on what's really being said here. This is not a, a biblical evidence for karma. Karma is, is, is something that is an outside um, force that has opposing forces that, that are involved in it and that if you do a bad thing, then uh, through, um, through the, 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 the power of the forces... A bad thing's going to end up happening to you because you did a bad thing over here. Now it's going to, it's going to come what they call full circle. This, this is not what's being said here. This is, what is being said here is what you sow is what you reap. All right? Uh, I get it. I know what it says. Okay, well, look, look, look. If I hit my finger with a hammer, it's going to hurt. What I sow is what I reap. Same thing. So it's not karma. You, you, you do something stupid, and then something in, in return bad happens back to you? It's because you're an idiot. You shouldn't have done that. That's not karma. That's, it's kind of it's like it, it, the same people who, who believe in karma are the same people who put $100 into the bank, and then they figure they're going to go to the, the bank and get $200 out. Well, I did a good deed, so I must be getting something in return, right? It doesn't work that way. What you sow is what... You reap. You don't put in uh, corn into the ground expecting uh, bananas to grow. Well, but, but I was a really good person, and, I, and I, I planted it really well, and I watered it really nice, and I sung songs to the plant, but it still came out corn. I don't understand it. <laughs> what you sow is what you reap. I know, I mean, I'm going a little extreme here, but understanding here that what is really being said here is that we have a responsibility to live in the real life. And our responsibility is we have to, as Paul says, we need to not sow to the Spirit, but we need to, I'm sorry, we need to not sow to the flesh, but we need to sow to the Spirit. I love this. Uh, there, there, another translation says it, says it this way. Let me read this, this to you here. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. 
those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. I, I, I love I love that, 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 that translation because what, what, what it brings into um, perspective here like our responsibility here as a steward. So I, I'm going to, uh, and I love how Paul says, you know, don't, don't be misled, or he says, don't be deceived. As it, I mean, I know, you're all too smart to be deceived in here, right? I'll just tell you this. The world is crafty. The devil is crafty. His schemes are just crazy. Sometimes, and I love how, remember we talked about back in chapter 6 here at the top where it says that if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spiritual gentleness. That, when I remember I told you that caught, that was like, oh, I didn't even realize I was, I was in it. Sometimes it sneaks upon us. But what we have to understand here is that the, 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 the enemy is very crafty. So he says, don't be misled, don't be deceived. I mean, you can't, you, you, you can't mock God. I, I like to say it like this, you can't outsmart God. But that's what we try to do. And that's what Paul is um, preaching against here. Like, you, you can't, it doesn't matter what you try to add to um, the gospel, it's, it's, not, it's not good enough. Not, not, nothing is, and I'll, I'll say it this way, nothing is God enough to equal up to the gospel. And here he's saying, it, don't, don't be misled. So you, as a steward of real life, you, as a steward of real life, the question is going to be, what, where are you going to sow your time, your treasures, your talent, everything? Where are you going to sow that seed? Are you going to sow it in the flesh? Or are you going to sow it in the spirit? Now, things of the flesh are not always bad. And I'm saying that they're, they're, they're those that we can think of, like, as we're going to see a list here in a second, uh, of you know, sexual immorality and... and um, uh, what's another one? Uh, uh, e fits of anger. I love that one. Fits of anger and orgies and all this other stuff, right? If we think of it as like crazily bad things, but sometimes they could actually be good things, but they're, just, they're, they're good things that have taken the place of God and that, that consume so much of our time that what we're doing is we're, we're, we're focusing more on the flesh and satisfying the, the desires of the flesh versus sowing our seed in the Spirit and reaping eternal life. You tracking with me now? So I, that's the question. Like, where, where are we putting all this stuff? Because we have responsibility. If we're going to walk in the Spirit of this life, because I, I, I talk to people all the time, like, I, I want God to use me more. I want to, when, when Paul says to, to live by the Spirit and to keep in step and to walk by the Spirit or have a life in the Spirit, I want that. Okay. It's not like a, I want it, so God's going to give it to me. No, God has given you everything to do that, to accomplish that. But what we have a tendency to do is we just want to add the Spirit into our lives or, or, or our, our Christian walk onto our lives instead of understanding that, no, it, He is to be our life. Understanding that, 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 okay, all right, my time, my talent, my treasure, everything that goes, if I'm, I'm sowing it into the, 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 the earthly things, and Paul says elsewhere um, to, to uh, set your mind on things that are above, and he, on the spiritual things and not on the material things, because what's going to happen is we can spend, and again, hear me, material isn't bad, 
But when we set our mind on everything material, those material things are going to fade away. The Bible says that they're, they, they are temporal. They are finite. But when we set our mind on things that are above, when we set our mind on the spiritual things, those, are th- those things are infinite. Those things are forever. So where are we sowing our, our, where are we sowing our seeds? Are we sowing it to the flesh? Or are we sowing it to the Spirit? Are we being good stewards? And that's what, that's what he's saying here. Are you being good stewards of what God has given you? Now, as, as we look at this and we say, okay, whew, source of real life is the Spirit of God. I get that. Steward of real life is me. It's my, I'm a believer. I've got to steward this. It's kind of tough, but I understand that by His power, by His presence, by Him, him guiding me, I can do this. All right. Now, how do I know if this is happening? That's the, that's the third S in our alliteration here, signposts. And I, and I call this also evidences of the harvest. We can know what the evidence of the harvest is. We can see where our seed is being sown. Look with me at chapter 5 of Galatians. This is another, that portion that we skipped. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will, not, uh, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Stop there for a second. Because this is, that, that, this is the, the, an understanding that we all have to, we have to wrap our minds around because I, I meet Christians all the time like, I... I I want to do this and I can't do this. And what we have to understand, there is an opposition. There is a battle that is raging in every single one of us. This is the the, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the spirit. They're opposed to one another. So think of of two magnets. You You can't turn and force two magnets together, right? I'm not a science guy, but what? Like, okay, there you go. The like poles, right? You can't force the like poles to get because you have if they're but if they're opposite of each other, right? They they will come together. Here we have to understand that the, the spirit, uh, uh, the the desires of the spirit and the desires of the flesh are so diametrically opposed to one another. And I love how Jesus says this: that you can't serve two masters. You can't serve the spirit and the flesh. But what do what do y'all try to do? What do we try to do? We try to balance it. Because we, we're, that's what we're taught nowadays. It's, you know, if we could just balance, have a balanced life. There's no balance when it comes to, to, to spiritual, the, 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 the spiritual desires and, and, and the, the spirituality of what God expects from us. Like you can dabble a little bit here. It's like it's a buffet. I want a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but I don't want this. And I don't, no, 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 no. We have to understand that the desires of the, uh, of the spirit and the desires of the flesh are opposed to one another and they cannot come together. They cannot, they, 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 are, they repel one another. So when it says here that um, these two forces, and I love this, these two forces are constantly fighting against each other. Where is this constant fighting against each other happening? Right here. Right here. And I love how C.S. Lewis says it, that the mind is the devil's playground. We, we, we fight with this. We, we, we struggle with this, this, this 
sin nature and the desires of, uh, 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 of that. And okay, but the, I want to be more godly. I want to, to live a life for, for Christ and these the spiritual desires. And we're just battling and battling and battling. I can't do this. You're right. You can't do this. You, you can't do this. You're not intended to, to do this. This goes back to what Paul says in chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So our responsibility here is saying no to the fleshly desires and allowing the spiritual desires to take over. But for a large majority of you people in here, and me included, so don't think I'm just poking at you, what that means is... You're not in control. And when you're not in control, you freak out. But what we have to understand is that's when Paul goes on to say it's because of faith in the Son of God. So it's not just saying, I'm out of control and oh, everything's good. No, 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 no. It's saying, I'm going to put to death there what is earthly in me, my, my, that, that sinfulness. I'm going to focus on putting all of that to death. And while I'm focusing on putting all of that to death, I'm having faith, and I'll put it this way so we can understand this better, that God's got my back. And because I am putting all of this to, de- to death, he's, he's working here. And I don't have to be in control of everything. I've got to be in control myself. And, and that's, that's where we all really need to start. Instead of worrying about controlling everybody that's around you, control yourself first. Because that is actually the spirit in which God has given you, of power, love, and self-control. And it's also a fruit of the spirit. It's, an, it's a signpost here that we're going to see. Because here's a, a list of other signposts, evidences of when we, when we um, sow to the flesh. Look at uh, verse uh, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Some of you are like, well, whoa, that doesn't really affect me. <laughs> yeah, because what you're doing is you're trying to measure up what the sin in which you have in your life to one of these. Well, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a wizard or a witch. I'm not a witch. I know that's terrible. I heard Gabe call Moose a witch the other day. We're going to burn you. <laughs> what do we do to witches? Burn them. <laughs> Come on, Mon- Monty Python, right? <laughs> uh, some of you are like, well, they're gone. whatever. Uh, but understand, some of you are saying, like, I'm, I'm not a witch. I'm not a wizard. I don't do sorcery. I don't do any of this. Uh, these, uh, uh, I'm not a, a, a drunk or these or- orgies. I don't do that kind of stuff. But remember how Jesus defines certain things. When he talks about, let's talk, let's talk about this anger, right? These fits of anger. Right, what is, how does Jesus say uh, about anger? If you have anger against your brother, if you have hate against your brother, it, it's murder, right? So now, now I, 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 I want us to all understand, what I want us to do is put this all in perspective. That we can read a, a crazy list like this, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll put it this way. Another uh, translation says, sexual morality and purity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and sins like these. What these are, are evidences of sowing to the flesh. 
So when, when we understand, and this is what Paul is saying here, because some, some people will, be, will try to make this as a list of saying, okay, not doing this, not doing this, not doing this, not doing this, not doing this. But that, that's not the intended purpose here. The intended purpose is to use this list to make sure that you're not falling into any of this. Because granted, yes, as a believer in Jesus Christ, can you lose your salvation? No, you cannot. Even if you fall into one of these categories and, and, and you make a mistake or, or, or whatever. Remember, if you, if you scramble the eggs when you shouldn't have, right? Because you can't unscramble scrambled eggs, you just quit making them. Remember that one? I love that one, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but understanding that, that even if you've done one of these things, this is not saying, well, you do this, then, well, you're losing your salvation, you're going to hell. No, what this is doing, this is giving a clear um, description and a, a clear identification of what it means to sow to the flesh. Because when we sow to the flesh, we're not sowing to the Spirit. You can't do both. So this is a clear identification of sowing to the flesh. And how do I know it? Because Paul gives another example of what it looks like to sow to the Spirit. We call it the fruit of the Spirit. And, we, and some, some people are like, okay, you have to make that, you have to, this has to be present, and this has to be present, and this has to be present. And we try to put all nine things as all of these have to be present for you to be faithful to God. Again, what is being said here, these are evidences, these are signposts of the fruit, of the, or of the Spirit working through us. This is the, a fruit is, is the, the natural uh, um, manifestation, the natural product of a healthy tree. Right? Or a healthy plant. So understand that we have these lists. Like, so if these things are evident in our life, and this isn't just, remember, this is for, this is, he's writing to the believers here. If, if these things that, that are saying are, are the uh, desires of the flesh, if we see that these things are evident in our lives, what we need to do is we need to see that as a big sign on the road saying we need to get off. We need to change our direction. This is, this is, this is not right. But then if we see there, there are things that are um, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidences of, of the Spirit working inside of us, we need to celebrate those things. Those are, or this is what we need to use as the mantle for, for us, or this is the, 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 the guide for us to take and continually assess our lives. What, what, what do we look like? What does our, life look, our lives look like? Are we sowing to the flesh and we seeing these things? You know, fits of anger rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Come on now. I got Facebook. And although I don't go on it a lot, my wife tells me a whole bunch of stuff that's on it. How, how, are, we really, how are we really communicating? Are, are, are there things on there that are, are, are evidence of sowing to the flesh? Or are there things on there that are evident of sowing to, to the Spirit? That's what Paul's argument is here. It's because we, can, we put too much weight in ourselves and not enough weight into the one who can bear it. So when we look at these, we can say, where, where's my harvest? If I'm going to say the source is the Spirit, and I'm going to say I'm the steward, and then I'm going to say the signpost, I want to I see where I'm at. I think you all want to know that, right? If you, if you didn't, you wouldn't be here because no one comes here to feel good, Right? If you come here to feel good, y'all are twisted. Because that's not what church is about, is feeling good. No, it's, it's about confronting that, which makes us feel uncomfortable because, man, we, i got to change this. If you want to feel good, there's plenty of TV preachers make you feel good. This bald guy's not going to do it. I would much rather make you upset, tell you the truth, 
And then you have to do something about that. Instead of me just, oh, buddy, it's a brother, it's all right. And then you get and you stand before God and God says, go away from me, I don't know you. I want to be now. Hate me now, fine. But understand, there's going to be a day we're all going to stand in front of Him. We're going to have to give account for everything in which we've done. Everything in which we've done, everything we've sowed to the Spirit, everything which we've sowed to the flesh. So let's just ask ourselves, where's my seed going? Where's my seed going? Paul's argument there is faith, 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 faith. Faith that is given to us by God so that the, the righteous shall live by faith. Can, can we figure it all out? No, we can't figure it all out. That's why it's called faith. But what we can do is we can know for a fact that the one who supplies that is the one who lives inside of me. And because he lives inside of me, I can face the day. I can face what it is that, that, that it comes my way. That, that thing that I need to change, the, the, those areas that I'm sowing to the flesh and I need to sow to the Spirit, I can do that because he's, he's guiding me. He's empowering me to do that. So that, that, that's going to be my, my, my prayer is that, that you just reflect and, and ask yourself, where am I sowing? Am I slow, sowing to, to, to the, 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 the sinful? Um, and, and I don't even want to say just, because some people say sinful. Well, it's not sinful. How about the selfish desires? We, 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 we sow into the self, the flesh, or we sow into the spirit to let, allow God to work through us in a mighty way. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father God in heaven, uh, Lord, we, we thank you for who you are. Uh, God, we thank you for uh, just being able to gather, open your word, uh, go through this entire book and, and just see uh, the truth in which you have uh, communicated to us through your faithful servant, Paul, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so God, as, as, we, um, as we conclude that, 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 this series and, and our time together today, my, my, my prayer is that we just, uh, we just assess where we're sowing our seeds. Are, are we, uh, do we really believe that, that, that the Spirit lives inside of us? Or are we just kind of skeptical and we're just trying to do it all on our own? So God, let us answer that question individually, but then let, us, let, let your Spirit manifest Himself uh, corporately amongst us as, as we uh, love one another, as we serve one another, as we bear one another's burdens, as we minister to, to one another, as we truly be the body of Christ. So uh, Lord, I know that there are people that are dealing with a whole, <laughs> whole bunch of different things. From ailments to struggles and uh, through hardships and, and grievances. I mean, uh, the whole gamut. But as I know that, that Dan's going to say next, get, tell, tell us next week that um, we're, not, uh, we're not left alone. We're not left as orphans. That we've been given the, the helper that lives in us. So, uh, Father, we, we ask that we can just live in that truth. We can rest in that truth. Uh, and we can uh, walk in that truth. And it's uh, in your name that we pray this, Jesus. Amen.